I'm Brett McGarry. This week on the Couch Potatoes, May is here, which means it's the kickoff of the summer movie season. I'm Jeff Braun, and it means we've got the May movie preview. And there's only one movie that matters this weekend, the latest entry in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. It's The Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. The fate of the universe lies on your shoulders. Now, whatever you do, don't push this button. Because that will set off the bomb immediately, and we'll all be dead. Now, repeat back what I just said. I agree. No! No, that's the button that will kill everyone. Try again. I am Groot. Mm-hmm. I am Groot. Uh-huh. I am Groot. No! The Guardians of the Galaxy was a surprise smash hit in 2014, both with audiences and critics, an especially impressive feat for a superhero movie full of superheroes most people had never heard of before. Chris Pratt leads away as Star-Lord, a Han Solo kind of hero. Technically, he does a lot of stuff he shouldn't, but he's a good guy. He teams up with green alien Gamora, played by Zoe Saldana, blue alien Drax, played by Dave Bautista, a talking raccoon, voiced by Bradley Cooper, and a tree named Groot, voiced by Vin Diesel. Together as Guardians of the Galaxy, they conquer not only their enemies, but the box office as well. They raked in three quarters of a billion dollars the first time around, so obviously, they're bad. As we heard in that first clip, Rocket Raccoon is having a tough time keeping little baby Groot, last seen as a sprout at the end of the first movie, away from a bomb. Does anybody have any tape out there? I want to put some tape over the death button. Nobody has any tape! Not a single person has tape! You have an atomic bomb in your bag, if anybody's gonna have tape, it's you! I have to do everything! You are wasting a lot of time! That's a really bad sign. And it's a great showcase for Vin Diesel's range, going from this in Guardians 1... I'm Groot. ...to this in Guardians 2. I'm Groot. Besides the main Guardians, a few of the other characters from the first one are back, and there's some new ones this time around, most notably Kurt Russell. We'll get into it all later. We've both already seen it. We'll have our reviews after the rest of the May movie preview. If I touch someone, I can feel their feelings. You feel... Love. Yeah, I guess, yeah, I feel a general unselfish love for just about everybody. No, sexual love. No, no, I don't. For her. No. <laughs> she just told everyone your deepest, darkest secret. Dude, <laughs> come on. I think you're overreacting a little bit. You must be so embarrassed. <laughs> do me, do me, do me. Moving on to next week, May 12th, we've got King Arthur, Legend of the Sword. As I tell you. I need to get you and the boy away from here. Away from here. Did you see everything you needed to see? I saw enough. This movie stars Charlie Hunnam of Sons of Anarchy fame and is directed by Guy Ritchie of having been married to Madonna fame. Much like his Sherlock Holmes movies, Ritchie looks to put more of an action spin on a classic tale. Why is the water dropped? Why does the sword reveal itself now? As your power increases, 
follows you. The Born King will come. It is inevitable. This film features Arthur as an outlaw exile of sorts, where he eventually claims his birthright by visiting a certain sword and a certain stone. You wanted to prophesy. This is your prophecy. The man who pulled sword from stone. Behold, your born king. Also on May 12th, it's the comedy Snatched. Hey, do you mind if I join you? Hey, they're doing this. Oh, uh, no, you. Uh, sorry. You. Uh, not you. It was me. Can you kind of beat it? Because you're a distraction. Amy Schumer plays an Amy Schumer type on vacation in a tropical paradise. What brings you down here? You're on vacation here with your boyfriend? Uh, no, I'm just here with, um, my mom. Why are you dressed like powder? The sun is very dangerous. Mom, it feels like you're putting on a lot. Yeah, just here when you need it here. That's Goldie Hawn as Schumer's mom, and she's not as adventurous as her daughter. Let's go out tonight. Hair, makeup, boobs, we're going out. Emily, I am not going out at night. Everything shouldn't be so scary. Oh, it damn well should. One in four tours are kidnapped. Not true. One, two, three, somebody's missing. <laughs> Solid advice from Wanda Sykes, because the next thing they know... We need an amazing adventure. Where the hell are we? The scenic route. Stop the... Oh my What's your pen number? Everything he says. I already am before you told me okay. to. Okay. One, two, three, four. Oh, God. I was going to change it. So they've been snatched by bad guys. They do end up getting a message through to Schumer's brother, played by Ike Barinholtz. Listen, I need your help. Mom and I got kidnapped. State Department. My mom and sister. They've been taken. I imagine you have a commando squad. Four underground criminals who were tried for a crime they didn't commit. Sounds like the A-team. It is the A-team. Do you have an A-team? How will they get out of this one? It looks all right. There's also a red band trailer out there that is uh, quite a bit raunchier. Mom, we have to fight, Mom. We've got this. Mom, that was awesome. And opening in perhaps a limited release on May 12th to start, a movie called Paris Can Wait, starring Diane Lane and Alec Baldwin. I think I should skip Budapest and just go straight to Paris. I'm driving back now. May I make a suggestion? I take over. That's very generous, but are you sure it's okay with you? So let's pretend we don't know where we're going or even who we are. <laughs> oh, brother. It's a road trip movie in which Diane Lane crosses Europe with Arnaud Viard, a French actor of some renown in France. He's an associate of her husband, played by Alec Baldwin, and he may have ideas. Are you happy? We have a good marriage. That's, that's what I asked you. Are you happy? The road river is nearby. Are we ever going to get to Paris? Will she have an affair with the dude? Who knows? I guess probably. The film also focuses apparently on museums, architecture, and fine food, and it all seems like a real snooze. Paris can definitely wait. Okay, Jacques. Straight to Paris now, right?
More of the Couch Potatoes May Movie Preview continues next with Alien Covenant. You're listening to the Couch Potatoes. I'm Brad, he's Jeff. We are the Couch Potatoes, and our May Movie Preview continues now. We're on to May 19th with the sequel to the prequel. It's Alien Covenant. It's been five years since the Ridley Scott movie Prometheus, which was the first of three prequels to Scott's legendary horror film Alien. It was set in 2093. The Prometheus expedition went looking for humanity's creators and it did not go well for everyone involved. Now in Alien Covenant, a new group of space explorers has set out from Earth. You've all sacrificed so much to be here and be a part of this thing we're doing. This crew is made up of couples. It's the first ever large-scale colonization mission. And everyone back on Earth is really grateful for your hard work, your courage. We're making history here. In this new film, the crew of the colony ship Covenant discovers a planet that seems to be an uncharted paradise. This is wheat. What are the odds of finding human vegetation this far from Earth? Who planted it? You hear that? What? Nothing. No birds. No animals. Nothing. Turns out it's not paradise. More like purgatory. You sure about this, Captain? How do you mean? I don't know what the f*** out there. Since this is an alien movie, You can imagine things are not going to go well. Covenant, do you read me? Covenant, Covenant. (gasps) What's happening? I need you back here right now. I need you back. Okay, baby, just calm down, sweetheart. Calm down. Don't tell me to calm down. You're breaking up. All of this. Covenant stars Michael Fassbender returning from Prometheus. Catherine Waterston is in this. She was in Fantastic Beasts last fall. Billy Crudup and Danny McBride. And an angry alien. Should also mention James Franco is in it too, although he has an uncredited role for some reason. So I'm curious to find out what's up with that. Maybe he makes the alien noises. Maybe. (laughs) Also on the 19th, teenagers make bad decisions in a movie called Everything Everything. This is my whole world. My nurse, my mom, my sickness. I'm 18 and I've never been outside. If I did, I would probably die. Hi, my mom sent a bunt. Welcome to the neighborhood. Is your daughter around? No, she isn't. 
She totally is. In fact, she always is because she's a bubble girl and can't go outside or she'll die. So what happens? She falls in love with the new neighbor boy and schemes to go outside with him. He's here. Who's here? You're really different than I thought you were going to be. Sexier, right? <laughs> what would happen if you went outside? Probably spontaneous combustion. Here I have HEPA filters, outsized viruses and bacteria. Where would you go if you could? The ocean. I've never seen it. And they fall in love, which the mom does not approve of. The mom here is presented like she's a villain when she literally is only trying to keep her kid alive and has made a pretty sweet bubble for the girl to live in. They're rich and they, she's got lots of space. It's a beautiful bubble. I mean, it's, it sucks, but it's still better than dying. Nope, the kid decides it's worth dying to go hang out at the beach with her boyfriend. Dear mom, I know staying in this house keeps me alive, but this isn't living. I want to experience everything. Everything. Maddie, what are you doing? Go back inside. No, Holly, I have to know if I'm really sick. And the only way that I'll know is if I'm outside. That is not the only way to know. The doctors have told you. So she goes outside and then she probably dies. This movie looks <laughs> terrible to anyone who sides with parents over teenagers, but teenagers will probably dig it. I'm willing to sacrifice everything just to live one perfect day. I'm willing to bet there was a point in your life, Jeff, where much like the Fresh Prince, you said parents don't understand. I guess not. I guess are you saying they didn't make this movie to for me specifically? I, I think for so. A, I, a different audience, perhaps? Yeah, I think it's aimed at a slightly different demographic. And you know what? I bet they cheat and she finds out, oh, they misdiagnosed her or something like that, and she's fine. Wouldn't that be a hard uh, knock lesson for mom who spent all that money and investment in the bubble? Yeah, well, you know, parents are awful, so there you go. Just proves it again, right, people? <laughs> uh, one more on May 19th. A new hero will rise. There are caped crusaders. Galactic Guardians and Amazing Web Slingers. But for over a decade, only one hero dared to be Wimpy. Are you kidding? It's Diary of a Wimpy Kid, The Long Haul. He is the Wimpy Kid. If there's one thing I've learned from my years of being a kid, it's that you have zero control over your own life. Who's excited about the Great Hefley Road Trip? Four days in the car. Together? This is the fourth Diary of a Wimpy Kid movie, based on the immensely popular series of books, which first debuted in 2007. The movies came out in 2010, 2011, and 2012, based on the first, second, and fourth books. This new one jumps to the ninth book in the series, with an all-new cast, because the kids, for example, have all grown up. For example, now the parents were played by Rachel Harris and Steve Zahn in the first three movies. Now it's Alicia Silverstone and Michael Everett Scott. Kind of weird to picture the girl from those Aerosmith videos playing a mom. But as Jeff just proved, we're getting old. I need to file a missing persons report. My what do your parents think about you guys coming to the expo to play video games? Oh, they have no idea. <laughs> Frankly, Jill, they're a little slow. Actually, I'd like to report a double murder. Because she's going to kill her kids. Because she's mad. The books are crazy successful, having sold 150 million copies. The movies have not been huge hits, 
The first three made $225 million worldwide combined, so that's not bad, although they got mostly bad reviews. This new one also looks silly, and all of that kind of surprises me because the books are really good. Yes, I have read some of them. They are clever, funny, and appealing to kids and adults. The movies look more like they're aimed squarely at little kids. Mom and Dad. First rule of a road trip is the driver is the DJ. There's another scene where they later go back and sing the song again together as a family. Fun. How heartwarming. <laughs> Remember when you used to sing Spice Girls with your family, Brett? I still sing Spice Girls if it comes on the radio, <laughs> let me tell you, man. With your parents and your sister? No, just me yeah. alone in the car. Yeah. You know those uh, those those stickers that you put on cars that, to show the different members of your family? Yeah, the little stick people. I need to find one that's just a sad single guy. <laughs> just You're, you and your TV? Just, yep. <laughs> <laughs> the main movie preview continues next. You're listening to The Couch Potatoes. Brett McGarry, Jeff Brun, we are The Couch Potatoes doing our May movie preview, and we are on to May 24th, where it is time to go back to the Caribbean. Got it. Do you know this pirate? Only by name. Find Sparrow for me and relay a message from Captain Salazar and tell him death will come straight for him. It is the fifth Pirates of the Caribbean movie. The men tell no tales. Thank you, Javier Bardem. Indeed, it is called Dead Men Tell No Tales, being advertised as the final chapter in the Pirates saga. The first one arrived in 2003, starring Johnny Depp as the drunk pirate Jack Sparrow in Pirates of the Caribbean, Curse of the Black Pearl. As you may recall, the film was inspired by the Disney ride, Pirates of the Caribbean, so no one expected the movie to be any good. But it turned out to be a blast, and it was a huge hit! The sequel, Dead Man's Chest, arrived in 2006, then At World's End in 2007, On Stranger Tides debuted in 2011, and now we have Dead Men Tell No Tales, which has Bardem as the antagonist, a ghost pirate, leading a team of ghost pirates on the hunt for Captain Jack Sparrow. Pirates had infected the seas for generations. So I vowed to eliminate them all. Jack Sparrow cursed me. I will have my revenge. That's right, more dead pirates want to kill Jack Sparrow, and yet he's still alive. He's also still drunk. I once knew a Spaniard named something in Spanish. He's coming for you, Jack. Where's your ship? Your crew? Your pants? Jack! I'm so sorry, were you still talking? Many characters will be back, including Barbosa, played once again by Jeffrey Rush. I have heard stories of a mighty Spanish captain whose son had been killed. Thousands of men. No, 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 men, no. No, 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 no. Pirates. Pirates. 
There will also be a couple of other familiar faces who are not in the fourth movie. The first Pirates film was the best one. It was a pleasant surprise. That's not to say that the rest of the movies have been bad, but they often opt to go the route of huge CG spectacle, and it can be a tad overwhelming. This movie looks to even ramp up that element, so hopefully the story and characters don't get washed away. I'm looking for Jack. I'm going to swim for it. Karina, stop that. No, 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 no. Don't stop that. This has gone far enough. No, it has not. I saw her ankles. You'd have seen a lot more if you kept your cake holes shut. One more film to close out the May movie preview for May 24th. Welcome to Baywatch. Our team is the elite of the elite. We're the heart and soul of this very beach. Dwayne The Rock Johnson stars in the big screen adaptation of Baywatch, who has someone make a sand sculpture in his image. Come on, Pete, make my pecs a little bigger. And don't cover up my front bump. You got it, huge d big d The movie is rated R. We're staring into the abyss here. It's up to us to restore the Baywatch brand. Hey, One Direction, you here for the qualifiers? I'm Matt Brody. I don't have to try out. I've got two gold medals. Hey! Matt Brody. Matt Brody, yes! <laughs> we still don't, don't give, give up. A Training begins at 0600. This is nothing you would see me, people! These are refrigerators! This is Baywatch! This adaptation continues the trend of taking popular TV shows and making them raunch comedies, just like Chips earlier this year. Baywatch reunites Johnson with his San Andreas co-star Alexandra Daddario, as well as Priyanka Chopra from Quantico and Zac Efron. Johnson plays devoted lifeguard Mitch Buchanan, while Efron plays the new recruit, and there are hijinks afoot. Drugs. Murder dead body on our beach and it all started once she took over some people are up to no good we're gonna have to do what they watch as best the truth is one of you will probably die <laughs> yeah <laughs> what no am i the only one that thinks this is clearly a job for the police thank you blue-eyed demon you got one job make sure swim happy white people don't drown just like on the TV show, the lifeguards have to spring into action to save the world with all kinds of explosions and slow motion. Why does she always look like she's running in slow-mo? She's the reason I believe in God. We gotta go undercover. Jason Bourne ain't got on The original series debuted on NBC in 1989 and ran for one season but it returned to the airwaves in 1991 in syndication and was on for 10 years. It was silly and glorious. And this new one looks to add hilarious to the Baywatch resume. I'm oceanic, mother. And that concludes the May movie preview. Want to have a look at what's coming to home video this upcoming yeah, week? Yeah, sure. Uh, fire that first clip there. I'm bringing you home. I'm back in the be. Can I see your license, please? He wasn't driving. I didn't ask who was driving. I asked to see his ID. Get out. Call me Dean and you're hungry, my man. I would have voted for Obama for a third term. Get out. Something is weird. It's the people. Get out. Something wrong? I can't move. Get out. You've been chosen. Get out. You're so scared. Get out. Get out. Get out. Rated R. Guess what that one's called. 
I think it's called, uh, I, I, I'm progressive. I'm a progressive white man. <laughs> no, get out. It's called get out. It's the Jordan Peele horror thriller kind of movie that I actually saw and I liked a whole lot. It got great reviews. That's that crazy one that was flirting at a hundred percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Yes. Off and on again for many months this year. Yeah. If you've not seen it, that's coming to digital HD on Tuesday and I very highly recommend it. Okay. So digital HD, that's iTunes and Google play, that kind of stuff. Usually what happens yeah. is these movies come to digital first and then to DVD, Blu-ray on demand a, a little later. bit later on. Speaking of that, there, it looks like there's only one really notable film coming to DVD, Blu-ray. On Tuesday, it's 50 Shades Darker. Uh, that's the second movie in what is going to be a trilogy there. Yeah, that's the big one there. So uh, if you're too embarrassed to go see it in the theater, you can take it home and no one has to know. I don't know why. If you're a fan, though, I don't know why you'd be too embarrassed because it's sure. not like you walk into a movie like that with people who aren't of the same mind, right? That is true. It's also, it's a it's a Hollywood movie. It's not like it's, you know, some kind of porn movie or something. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, and then on Netflix, there's a couple of things, something really fun on May 9th. I was in the airport, uh, guys were asking about my ID, and it occurred to me that ID is a strange abbreviation because I is short for I, and then D is short for dentification. So it seems to me D is doing most of the legwork on that one. Continuing their big run on stand-up comedy, Netflix has a special, uh, Norm MacDonald, obviously. It's called Hitler's Dog Gossip and Trickery. That's out on May 9th. Uh, on the 10th, the Deepwater Horizon, the Marky Mark movie from last year, makes its way to Netflix. And then on the 12th, season two of the Aziz Ansari comedy, Master of None, which is a great show. Love season one. Can't wait for season two. I did not watch that first season yet. I, mean, I haven't watched Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt either, so there are a lot of I Netflix shows. I would say shows. get to Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt first. Yeah, yeah, if I were to watch? Yeah, because oh. you would like 30 Rock, and it's similar silly kind of fun there. Yeah, that's true. Although I I have, I think, the entire season of Life and Pieces season two, almost all of Modern Family, <laughs> many, many episodes of New Girl, and I'm falling behind once again on Brooklyn Nine-Nine. So Yikes. I have plenty of sitcoms to watch as it is. So much laughter in your future, Brett. I'm jealous. Up next, we're going to tell you about Guardians of the Galaxy. You're listening to The Couch Potatoes. Welcome back to the Couch Potatoes. I'm Jeff, he's Brett, and we're going to talk about Guardians of the Galaxy, a movie we both saw and opens this weekend. You know why I did it, Star Munch? Hmm? You're not going to answer, Star Munch. I did it because I wanted to. What are we even talking about this for? We just had a little man save us by blowing up 50 ships. How little? Uh, like this? A little one-inch man saved us. Well, if he got closer, I'm sure he'd be much larger. If it's how eyesight works, you stupid raccoon. Don't call me a raccoon! I'm sorry. I took it too far. I meant trash panda. Is that better? I don't know. It's worse. It's so much worse. <laughs> Ah, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2, starring, and that's just some of the, that's the humor you can expect. Uh, starring Chris Pratt, Zoe Saldana, Dave Bautista, Bradley Cooper, Vin Diesel, Kurt Russell, Michael Rooker, Karen Gillum, Palm Clementif, and Sylvester Stallone. Written and directed by James Gunn. The Guardians, they're back in what I think is fair to say, the most fun batch of superheroes in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Guardians 1 back in 2014 was a pleasant surprise. No one knew what to expect because even though the comics have been around for years, they weren't exactly a household name. I'd never heard of them before, had you? 
No. Going in that first movie? No. no. So we were all kind of blown away by the fun and excitement and adventure that came flying off the screen at us. The spectrum of how serious comic book movies take themselves swings from Batman on one end to, I think, Guardians on the other end. You won't catch Christian Bale making a fart joke in Guardians. That sort of thing is expected. Now, that it is expected sort of takes away from the overall wow factor this time of this time around. It's, a, you know, the sort of thing you can only really achieve with the first movie anyways. Now we do have an idea of what we're going to get, so it can't possibly be quite as thrilling. It would also behoove you, I think, to watch the first one first. It's not entirely necessary. I mean, I rewatched it recently and had already forgot most of the plot. Again, definitely the ending going in to the movie this week. They do catch up, though. Anyways... If you're not, not at all familiar, it is a space adventure series. Our heroes are Star-Lord, the main guy, played by Chris Pratt. Gamora, a green alien lady who kicks butt, played by Zoe Saldana. Drax, a blue alien guy who kicks butt, played by wrestler Dave Bautista. Rocket, the raccoon, who's a bit of a sketchy character, voiced by Bradley Cooper. And Groot, who's a tree alien, voiced by Vin Diesel. He was a giant big tree in the first movie. He got beaten down and is now in the process of regrowing from a sapling, and so he's baby Groot, and he's very adorable. And they have to save the galaxy. Once again, they run into all sorts of trouble, different aliens after them for one reason or another. There's a race of gold people in this movie that are angry with them. And Michael Rooker's blue alien, a ravager named Yondu, returns in a big way. I remember he was in the first movie, but I think he's got quite a bit bigger part in this movie, does he not? I think he was in that first one quite a bit, was but he? he just seems to be—he just seems to be more prominent. I think because of the emotions involved. This yeah. Time. Okay. He also, and he also, for me, he had the line of the movie, and that's saying something because this movie is filled with hilarious one-liners. Uh, the Guardians also meet Kurt Russell. He shows up and tells Star Lord he's his father, and he's got some explaining to do because, like, where have you been for thirty-five years, man? And my only beef with the movie revolves around that. There's so much terrific action and adventure bookending the movie that the middle parts sort of felt a little sluggish. I don't know what the math is, but it feels like Chris Pratt spends like half the movie just talking with Kurt Russell. The great scenes, I could watch Kurt Russell talk all day, but that's not why we bought the ticket, you know? I, I, I know it also can't be wall-to-wall action, but it felt like on the side of too slow, I think, in the middle. The good news is, everything else in the movie more than makes up for it. It looks amazing. They fill the frame with so much stuff, it's almost overwhelming at times. The 3D, better than usual, and I'm not a really big fan of 3D. The story was pretty interesting. A lot of different threads coming together at the end in what I thought was a satisfying manner, both on the emotional and the action fronts. And it's funny. It is incredibly funny. The first one was funny. This one's funnier. Uh, and the funniest of them all is Drax. His dumb guy Homer Simpson-esque humor was just like a sledgehammer on my funny bone. I was cracking up the whole time. Um, it'll never happen in a million years, but if the Academy wanted to do something interesting, they would nominate Batista for a Best Supporting Actor Oscar this year. Think it'll happen? No. <laughs> but it should. Four and a half coach cushions out of five for Guardians of the Galaxy. Volume two from me. While I was thinking about my answer there regarding Yondu, I think you're right. He probably I think he does have a bit of a bigger role in this one. I I need to rewatch that first Guardians, but yeah, he he certainly pro- more prominent, I think, in a good way in this one. Yeah. Uh, now, as far as my thoughts, I would say that it it was not quite as good as the first, but I don't mean that as a knock on the film, because the first one was such a pleasant surprise, kind of like that first Pirates of the Carib- Caribbean movie. We talked about Pirates earlier this episode. You know, how do you capture lightning in a bottle twice? Mm-hmm. But... Unlike the Pirates sequels, this one isn't a bloated mess and is still super, super fun. 
largely thanks to the incredible visuals. And I must recommend 3D. If Jeff Braun says he he digs it, yep. then uh, you know I already like 3D. But even the stuff that is entirely live action and isn't full of CG still looks great in 3D. Otherwise, uh, aside from the 3D, the visuals, very much like the first movie, big, colorful, imaginative, and spectacular. I suppose that actually, though, lends to the one real complaint I have about this movie, is I think there's almost too much CG action in this. There's just scene after scene, I found myself bashed over the head with, oh, there's another huge visual effect. <laughs> and again, like, the visuals are stunning. It's a, a feast. It's a buffet for your eyes, but I think the characters suffered a little bit as a result. I would have liked to have seen some more character development, better character development, particularly from the main guy, Peter Quill, a.k.a. Chris Pratt. But there was some solid character work from Rocket Raccoon. Yeah. Once again, the CG talking raccoon voiced by Bradley Cooper. And Yondu, who is played, as once again, as Jeff mentioned, by Michael Rooker. I'm also starting to think Chris Pratt isn't all that great of an actor. At least not when it comes to drama. Really? He's got great comedy chops, but the drama stuff, I think, needs a little bit of work. Dave Batista as Drax was a huge improvement for me this time around. I was a bit of an outlier with the first movie because I didn't like his character all that much in that one. This time out, I liked him more, and it could simply be the fact that his character was having way more fun this time out. You know, in the first movie, he was just out for revenge and death and was miserable. In this one, he's laughing almost from the word go. Yeah, the thing, I think everyone's like, in the first one's like, oh, when he was funny, he was really funny, and that was awesome, and they're like, that's the trick to this guy, then we'll just make him funny. I just gotta give you, oh, I had another popcorn adventure. Remember last week, I felt crappy from eating too much popcorn? Yep. This time, my white cheddar flavor packets of powder, like... Uh -huh ripped in my jean pocket so it leaked all over my jeans and my sweater and I had this big sort of pile of salt in my pocket so I spent half the movie trying to deal with that I'm a mess I'm going to give it four couch cushions out of five that's all the time we have I'm Brett he's Jeff we are the couch potatoes remember if it requires getting up off the couch don't bother